Hello and welcome to the REIT Report. I'm your host, Sarah Borg from Quito, and today we're taking an up-close look at the net lease sector with Mary Fidewa, President and COO of Store Capital Corporation. Mary was appointed president this past September and was one of the company's original founders back in 2011. Mary, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Sarah. It's great to be here. So starting at the beginning, what were you looking to create nine or so years ago, and was there a gap in the market for what store planned to offer? Yeah, great question, Sarah. There was. There was a lot of pent-up demand for long-term real estate financing coming out of the Great Recession. And so I had a great opportunity to partner with four very experienced team members, who were also my colleagues at two prior public companies, to co-found Store Capital. And at that time, we chose to focus on the largest and most underserved part of the market, the middle market, which is a $3 trillion market opportunity. So we began filling a need, a very important need, uh, for long-term efficient real estate financing capital for middle market and larger companies and uh, that own their real estate. So these businesses are very vital. Um, they're vital industries such as education, fitness, restaurants, pet care, and collectively, there's a really big category. And in fact, our customers operate over 36,000 locations across the U.S. and employ over 2.5 million people. So it's also interesting to note that since the Great Recession, the middle market has been really the number one driver of job growth and wealth creation in the country. And we're proud that we have actually played a very meaningful role to help to create those jobs. Now, bursting granularity is a term that you use to describe stores' business model. Can you explain what that means exactly? You bet, absolutely. So diversity and granularity, they've been a hallmark of stores' business model from the start. Um, We've worked very, very hard to build a portfolio that is intentionally well diversified by customer, by industry, and by geography in order to mitigate risk. And at the end of the third quarter, we had over 500 customers across over 110 industries, and our largest customer represented less than 3% of our total revenue. And when we say granularity, we really mean that we buy assets in a size range that provides the most flexibility in terms of liquidity and fungibility. And all of this, at the end of the day, is designed to create a homogeneous portfolio with assets that have similar performance and risk characteristics with the intent of having obviously less volatility over time. So our portfolio diversity has really helped us. It's helped us deliver consistent and stable performance since we went public in 2014, and it has been especially helpful in weathering COVID in 2020. And how would you describe Store's current fundamentals and what impact have you seen from the pandemic, especially on deal flow? Great, you bet. So we're in great shape here, and uh, based on the confidence in our model, we've resumed healthy acquisition activity in the second half of 2020. So our rent collections increased to 90% in October from a low point of 70% in May when many of our customers weren't able to be open for business. So our portfolio actually has sector-leading yields, and so collecting 90% of our yields is actually really impressive. And at this point, nearly all of our tenants are open for business. And I would say the pandemic impacted our customers differently based on the nature of their operations. You know, while some tenants, their operations were basically uninterrupted through the year, um, whereas others really, really felt the impact. Um, But our pipeline is incredibly healthy at $12.4 billion at the end of September 2020. 
And really the key to our success in building and maintaining a healthy pipeline is our unique direct origination platform, which I developed since we founded STORE in 2011. Um, it's how we source attractive acquisitions and is both a key point of differentiation for us in the marketplace and a distinct competitive advantage. So our direct originations with our tenants actually allows us to build strong relationships and deliver value. And we like to say that we deliver value to our tenants and we actually get paid for that value. Um, and that, that um, goes to our higher going in yields um, that we have and in the, in the sector le leading yields that we have. Um, we've always viewed our success relative to the success of our clients, though, and that's really paid off. So over the years, our close relationships with our clients has translated into repeat business, a lot of qualified referrals, and actually the, uh, the attractive yields that I just mentioned. And in fact, over a third of our new acquisitions come from existing customers. Uh, specifically during the pandemic, this approach has really paid off. So our close relationships and frequent co communication with our tenants has allowed us to work with them directly to develop solutions for these really challenging times. So these relationships and the trust we built has resulted in strong collections and our occupancy of 99.6% at the end of September is also very, very strong. Um, and I'd say during 2020, we continued to make strategic acquisitions at a cap rate, at attractive cap rates. And in the third quarter, we acquired $250 million of real estate at a cap rate of 8.3%. Um, and then I would finish by saying Store has created, um, was, it was created with many measures of safety to mitigate risk with a long-term investment horizon. And we approach underwriting through the lens of really a long-term horizon, 15 or 20 years. So we're in this for the long game. Um, there's nothing short-term natured in, a, in our approach to our customer relationships or our business model or our focus on value creation. And as you mentioned, these are challenging times. So are there certain ways that you've been helping your middle market clients during the pandemic? Um, we've been definitely helping um, our, our customers. Um, we've been working very closely with them. And to start, we're really customer-centric. So. Um, we're, we actually invest in three broad sectors, Sarah, manufacturing, service, and experiential retail. And since the beginning of the pandemic, there were really about six business categories that bore the brunt of COVID. Um, and not surprisingly, you know, restaurants, early childhood education were, you know, are examples of the six. Um, because we are a hands-on landlord with customer-centric business, with our customer-centric business model, our tenants actually in COVID-sensitive businesses, they welcomed all of our one-on-one -on -one and many one-on-one -on -one conversations and uh, deeply appreciated sort of tailored solutions and options to help them weather, you know, their business disruption. And in times like these, we not only earn our stripes, but we also deepen a lot of relationships. Um, I'd say due to our diversity, our manufacturing, really they've paid their rent at 100%. Our experiential retail has paid at nearly 100%. Where we really were able to lend a hand was in the service sector, and that was in creating these tailored solutions for those customers to help them really weather the pandemic. Um, the service sector just had more COVID-sensitive businesses, but they're very vital businesses that create a lot of jobs, as I mentioned, and they employ a lot of people, and they serve essential needs. You know, many families right now have very young children and are desperate to get them back to school and early childhood education uh, uh, as well. And so we're sticking by these businesses. We've been doing everything we can to help our tenants through the crisis. We know when the pandemic ends, there will be these are essential businesses, and we want to be there to help them over the long term. Mary, can you talk a little bit about the new acquisition opportunities you expect to arise from the current market disruption? 
You bet, you bet. Market disruptions always create opportunities. And the opportunity really for Store's business model is to continue to be a needed source of long-term real estate financing capital for vital middle market and larger businesses looking to take advantage of this market dislocation. So these are opportunities that range from for our customers from merger and acquisition opportunities that they may see and in addition to making their capital stack more efficient. Uh, so our business model is very customer-centric, as I've mentioned several times, and we are focused on helping our tenants grow. Uh, there'll be, there's going to be winners and losers as a result of COVID-19, and we expect our customers to weather the storm and eventually turn to taking advantages of these opportunities in the marketplace to grow. So we're designed to help them achieve this. Again, as I mentioned, their success really is our success. Um, and during the whole the pandemic, our direct origination team has continued to cultivate the existing pipeline as well as to add new um, new customers to our pipeline. And this has fueled our recent activity and enabled us to be highly selective in making accretive acquisitions. And we hear so much today about digital transformation. Can you also speak to the role that IT has played in store strategy? You bet. Uh, Store's IT infrastructure plays a very, very important role in our strategy. So we have a proprietary system here. It's the third platform we've built, and it's our best to date based on experience. It supports our direct origination team, our underwriting team, our portfolio management group, and our client service activity. Um, we collect financial statements quarterly for all of our nearly 2,600 properties. So our system has to be especially robust and flexible. And then we utilize the large amount of data we collect to monitor our portfolio and to be more effective in monitoring this over time, which enables consistent performance. Um, and, I, and then I just would note that our average transaction size is, really, is less than $10 million. So we process a large number of granular transactions every day, and a robust IT platform is really key to that. Great. And I wanted to pivot a bit now towards the social side of the business. Um, can you share three top highlights about the summer virtual externship your company organized? And why is Store Capital so committed to, diverse, to diversity and inclusion? You bet. My, my pleasure. This is a really exciting topic for us, um, and the externship was a huge success. But I'll start first with diversity and inclusiveness. So we believe there are significant business opportunities that can be gained from the varying perspectives and innovative approaches of people of different ages, races, and national origins. Um, we also know that without inclusion, diversity has little value other than for appearances. So we're really mindful of, we're really big on action, um, not words. And um, so I would, I'll, let me, I'll talk about the uh, externship now, which we're really excited about. So in COVID, we recognized that many talented students, especially from diverse and underrepresented backgrounds, were being deprived of internships. And we decided to develop a program that would allow them to gain some valuable experience and credentials through an intense two-day program for college students and recent graduates interested in real estate and finance. Um, it was a huge success. So you asked me to, to share three highlights. So first, First highlight I would say is that we had over 100 students from over 54 colleges, 22 states, and five countries that participated in this program due to hosting the externship virtually. We could have never held that program, uh, a program of that scale at our office. Uh, the second point is we had about a third of our entire staff participating in panels, lectures, and presentations, which really highlighted everyone's desire to give back to these students who were hurt professionally by the pandemic. 
And more importantly, we had full buy-in from the management team, from myself to our CEO, our chairman participated in this as well. So students were getting to interact with real, real decision makers in our company. And finally, I would say uh, the majority of the students who participated in the program were from minority backgrounds. And I think that's very important because, in my opinion, creating a diverse workforce isn't just about hiring people from diverse backgrounds but it's also about empowering this diverse talent to develop skill sets that will help them become successful either here at store or elsewhere in their careers. And I'm really proud, really, really proud of the team who managed to pull this amazing program together in the midst of COVID. We, we plan to continue to host externships programs going forward, and we expect it will be a key source of diverse talent for store capital as well. So more broadly, how is store thinking about ESG matters? You bet. So. At STORE, our mission is to provide financing solutions that help sustainable businesses fuel the economy and the job market. So ESG, for us, is about creating long-term value for all of our stakeholders, our customers, our employees, our investors, partners, and the communities we serve. STORE has always been committed to this. And we're committed to best-in-class corporate governance and diversity on our board and leadership team and through programs like the externship that we just spoke about and other community initiatives that we have as well. Um, we, also look, we also work on education initiatives for our tenants to help them grow, create value, and beyond that to meet our own ESG initiatives. And we recognize our efforts at our annual customer conference as well. Uh, finally, we really wanted to have Store be a company we were proud to own. And we are proud to own it because store serves a really key need and store also adds measurably to the economic betterment of companies and communities across, across the country. Great. And finally, Mary, what possible future trends do you think we're likely to see shaping the net lease industry? Yeah, you bet. My pleasure. Um, we are very proud, uh, positive about the outlook for continued growth in the net lease industry. The market for store properties, as I mentioned earlier, is $3 trillion dollars with over 200,000 companies in our target market. And this leaves us with plenty of um, runway ahead to, to serve this market. Um, so we continue to see trends driving more net lease activity as companies recognize the benefit of using their own capital to grow their business at, rather than to hold real estate. Um, and this market opportunity is so large, it allows us to be highly selective and to focus on investment opportunities that are accretive to our shareholders, regardless of market conditions. And finally, I'd say that the net lease REIT sector has expanded in recent years. And while there are now more players in the space, we continue to have a differentiated platform and market position, and we've barely scratched the surface of this market in our six years as a public company. Great. Mary, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you today. My pleasure as well. Thank you, Sarah. Really appreciate it. And to our listeners, to learn more about the REIT industry, be sure to visit NAIREIT's website, REIT.com.